This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and your one-stop shop for optimizing all your office technology. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught! DeAndre Hopkins caught it! He caught it for a touchdown! You've got to be joking me! Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the guys who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. You know, it's a process here at Cardinals camp, any camp in the NFL, any year, you do indeed take it day by day. There are small victories within each day. Darren, you're a veteran in these type of situations. For example, earlier today, uh, I got Tyler Newsom, the backup hunter, to stop calling me, sir. I mean, I'd much rather answer to Pauly Pencilneck than sir. I know I'm twice his age, but I just don't need to be called sir around Cardinals camp. Finally, he did actually call me by my name instead of sir. So once again, the small, albeit Pyrrhic victories, uh, I'll take it at this that, point. That felt like a little bit of a humble brag right there, Paul. Well, i got to no. be honest. No. Guys calling you sir. I see. No. I thought where, where you were going to go to the entrance because – uh, and, and and maybe it's just because I'm moving up on the age scale that I feel like, hey, I got to have the jacket here at the stadium. But you look like you're actually freezing right now. And it's disappointing for somebody who's right. been to camp so many times. The press box is always freezing cold. I always bring a jacket every year. It doesn't matter if it's 142 degrees outside. You're going to need a jacket in here. And you were trying to go without one. And it's it looks like it's costing you right now. This is my best impersonation as we get rolling here on Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, of the strength coach on any NFL sideline during a snow game. You know what happens? <laughs> they come out in the first half, and they're in shirt sleeves. Yep. And they're the tough guy. And then after halftime, they come back out and they have like 14 layers on uh john lott comes to mind i forget which game, game. It was the, the snow, snow game. game yes uh, something that i i've uh, been doing research on for a project going forward and look at some right. of those clips yes when he came out for the pregame warm-ups when it was the snowing the hardest which was in pregame and he was wearing he had a stocking cap on but then he had on a t-shirt and shorts and i'm like <laughs> you know more power to you john nope that did not last so that's sort of like me today i lasted until this about halfway through our workday here, and the AC is so fierce with no one in the building here at State Farm Stadium that, fierce, yes, I, like that. I did relent and, and put on another layer. But uh, So there we go. Hey, at least um, you know, you're not referring to me off the top like uh, Isaiah Simmons had a first impression of Zayden oh, Collins. Square, Paul. Uh, by the way, if you're using the word square, yeah. doesn't that – make you a square at this point in time if you're actually if square is still in your vernacular then you are the square i gotta be honest uh i I don't want to necessarily go there at my advanced age uh i I did not check urban dictionary no relation um about what square means these days i'm not 100 percent sure exactly if it's still you know what's old becomes new again type of thing or if it's got a whole different uh, uh definition um but i i did think that but then I thought, I don't want to say that out loud because, you know, well, I don't want anybody, look, you know. Truth be told, uh, that's what Zayvon Collins said Isaiah Simmons called him square. Isaiah Simmons told the media he called Zayvon Collins a weirdo, or at least he thought he was a weirdo right off the top when he saw his draft day 
interviews, but now they're besties and they go to three square meals a day together. <laughs> yeah, that's according exactly. to both guys, square. Meals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you exactly. know, there you go. Putting the square in a square meal. I mean, it's awesome that they become friends because yeah. they're in. A, they're going to be linked <laughs> forever right now right. in terms of how this goes. Because right. it certainly didn't get off on the right foot, apparently, no. according to Isaiah no, Simmons. Apparently not. No. So, Although I yeah. will say Zayvon Collins yeah. admitted, he goes, well, y'all saw my, my first day interviews, and that's what <laughs> uh, that's what Isaiah said it was based on. It was those early interviews, and Zayvon said, I'm not proud of those that first day. All right, so here's our segue into the first preseason game. Will Zayvon's Collins, will his first impression on the football field be better than perhaps the first impression he made in his draft day interviews and how they went over with the rest of the locker room, at least the linebacker room. So there you go. That's one big question. You know, and a quick thing, I don't want to interrupt, but, you know, since Omo did the research there for Urban Dictionary, square okay. basically means exactly what it used to. I mean, it sounds like they've updated a little bit, but basically it okay. means – Not you, hip. Not hip. Kind yeah. of dorky. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Dad jokes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, I got it. Which, right. you know, I don't know Zabin well enough, but mm-hmm. – Well, you know, you know what's interesting is – the Cardinals have had officials in the meeting rooms, according to Cliff Kingsbury and some of the other coaches yep. and some of the players have been asked about it. You know, Jim O'Mahundro is our official here he is. in the room uh, at State Farm Stadium for every edition of Cardinals Underground and beyond. So that's good. We have our own official in here. He'll call the flag. Yeah, He'll exactly. call the flag. So, uh, as for the first game against yes. the Cowboys, not the Cowboys' first game, mind you. There they were in the Hall of Fame game last week taking on the Steelers. So you're saying they have the advantage in this first preseason <laughs> They game? didn't. Yeah, so look, uh, this is our, our mandatory reference to legalized sports gambling, which is coming T-minus <laughs> one month and counting. So you might want to factor that in. I do believe – I did see the over-under on the Hall of Fame game was 34. Oof. And I said to myself, really? Because yeah. Dak isn't playing. They have – uh, Garrett, you knew Ben Gilbert, wasn't going to play. Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci, and yeah. then the Steelers trio of quarterbacks without Big Ben. And sure We've enough, seen our Hall of Fame games, Paul. That's just never yeah. a good thing. The under was a winner, sixteen to three. The Cowboys were held out of the end zone. So uh, there you go. But a first chance for a first impression, Zayvon Collins and beyond. And honestly, Zayvon Collins is where I start. Yeah, I, I really do. Uh, you know, and look, I don't think this is just me, and based on some of the people I've talked to. I don't think the fear is whether Zayvon Collins is going to be able to square up against <laughs> well, Zeke Elliott or square up against Derrick Henry in the A-gap come week one, September 12th in Nashville. I think the question is, mentally, is the opponent going to do something to throw him? Is he going to be a half-step slow? Is he going to be in the right spot at the right time in the right position to make that play? I think if he gets there – he has the ability, obviously, at 6'5", 260, you know, all the athleticism right. in the world. But, okay, is he going to be mentally a step slow? Well, here's my question, because you, you just kind of threw them out at the same time. I mean, I, I think, are the Cowboys going to throw something at him this week? Mm, probably not, or no. nothing really. Now, could he see something against the Titans? Absolutely. A little yep. play action over the top, although we did see Zayvon Collins in that video that uh, uh, the team's official account put out for practice the other day. DeAndre Hopkins made the catch on a beautiful throw by Kyler Murray, but Zayvon Collins was right there covering DeAndre Hopkins down the seam. I thought that was pretty impressive. That said, you're right. I mean, it's going to come down to the mental part for both him and Isaiah Simmons. Are, are are they going to be – I mean, we all saw it last year. Isaiah Simmons trying to play early in his first game, didn't get any preseason games, didn't get any offseason, was just trying to play catch-up in training camp. And, you know, there's uh, Mostert running that angle route 
out of the backfield and burning Isaiah Simmons yep. for whatever it was, he a gone. seventy-yard touchdown. Yep. So, you know, I I think there's going to be there's going to be scrutiny on whether they're making the right choices. I will say this, and I'm not breaking down every single play, and I'm not watching every single play. To be honest, I got other things I'm watching, and I got other things I'm doing during practice. But from what I have noticed, Darren has double duty, by the way, everyone. Triple duty. Thank you very much. <laughs> also working on the back end, um, but I I do think that from what I've noticed, I have been impressed with the the things I've seen from Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Now, one of them, and I forget which two, which one the other day, it was one of the two, did get caught uh, on a false step on a, on a route out of the backfield and, and didn't make the play. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen to anybody, to be honest. Uh, but I think for the most part, I liked what I've seen. I've really liked from Isaiah, Tom, uh, Isaiah Thomas, whoops, Isaiah Simmons, um, they're using them in different spots. We, we, you know, there's the package yep. out there with all three linebackers with Jordan Hicks, and so he's a little bit more of an outside linebacker safety kind of thing looking. But I, I have really noticed his athleticism. I've noticed the different things they want to do with him. I mean, I didn't notice it. Maybe it was because he was learning so much last year, but I feel like this camp, I really see why you would fall in love with this guy and want to draft him and have him on your defense. The ability to make plays, the speed to get there, I've I've really noticed that from Isaiah Simmons. Did you notice what I've been talking about the entire offseason? In fact, going all the way back to the Super Bowl, the reference Isaiah Simmons made to the media and what he told Zayvon Collins as to what they potentially could be. Did you notice the pair of linebackers that he cited, Darren Urban? He did. It was uh, Levante David and uh, Devin Smith. Are you taking credit for that? I mean, I'm just saying. That, that's that what I thought like of. What you're I, doing right I'm now. just saying. When the Cardinals went that direction in the draft, that's what I thought of. It's yeah. a copycat league, and you can't tell me that watching the Buccaneers run to the, through the playoffs into the Super Bowl win that those guys – even beyond Tom Brady, yes, dare I say it, to me, those guys stood out more than anyone on that field for Tampa Bay. When when the Cardinals made this move, and I've said this before myself, see, for me, I went right to the NFC West, where once upon a time you were dealing with Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, and, and more recently, and what's been a pain in the butt for this franchise, is K.J. Wright and... Uh, and Bobby Wagner. Yep. And, and and that's who I think of. Now, do I think the, the Bucks guys, and obviously Simmons is looking at the Bucks guys, but for somebody who's been in this division, it's the Seahawks guys that I kept thinking of. Like, oh, my God, it would be so nice to be able to, you know, handle other teams' offenses with guys like that. It doesn't matter. I yeah. mean, if, yeah. if they turn out like the Bucks guys or the Seahawks guys or the 49ers guys, obviously yeah. the Cardinals will be yeah. thrilled. Yeah. And by the way, that package where you see the three inside linebackers, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, and Jordan Hicks on the field at the same time, and we've seen plenty of it yes. in this camp. Yes. Uh, apparently that's referred to as wide stack, and that's one facet of the playbook. It's been one install. Now, is that because this is the part of camp where they've been installing it? Is it because you're more likely to see that scheme, perhaps against Tennessee and Derrick Henry? Maybe. Minnesota and Dalvin Cook, perhaps. So, We'll find out. I will say that there was a practice earlier today where it got started and the two inside linebackers with the ones were Jordan Hicks and Isaiah Simmons. And then Zayvon Collins came in with the twos. And Dave Passion, yours truly said, hmm, that raised an eyebrow. But then the second time around, the ones came in. It was back with Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. And we thought, you know what? Well, maybe that's because Zayvon Collins might be getting some reps with the ones and the twos as they try and get him 
extra practice, extra preseason action yeah. in these three games. I, I would not be surprised if Zayvon Collins played longer. And, and before I get any further, we were just talking about the officiating that Jim Omohundro does on our podcast. He did throw the flag on me. Oh, I, no. I said Devin Smith. It's Devin White in, in Tampa. So my bad. And Ohms, thanks for catching that and uh, march off the five yeah. yards now. But there you go. I would say that uh, I absolutely believe Zayvon Collins has got a good chance to – I would think both him and Isaiah Simmons, you want to put them out there longer than most ones. I mean, let's face it. If you're – and I'm trying to think of who the ones would be that are that could play but not play a lot. Buddha probably, Byron Murphy. Um, By but, the way, Buddha's received virtually no reps in this camp so far. If there's one starter – who has gotten just a, his his reps have been scant and it's by design. It's Buda Baker. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. I was just I'm thinking of the guys that you you don't want to. A lot of the guys that you wouldn't think would play a lot aren't going to play anyways because they're banged up currently. Malcolm Butler's, you know, rent for an interception the other day and tweak something, and I'm guessing that's probably going to end up he, he missed some practice and now it's probably going to cost him a chance to play in this game if he was going to play at all. We know J.J. Watt's not going to play. Their whole defensive line, Rashard Lawrence, I wouldn't be surprised if misses, Zach Allen, Jordan Phillips. You're, you're getting to the point with Jordan Phillips where you're going to start wondering, okay, what's what all is going on? And this is, again, this is the problem with Cliff Kingsbury not talking about injuries because now – Every day you're like, okay, what's going on? And Did you see where uh, Coach Double Rainbow got a little snippy with the Seattle media? Pete Carroll was asked, so at what point, Coach, do you become concerned that Jamal Adams is not out there practicing? And his response to the media was, well, why would I tell you? Why would I answer that question and actually tell you that? I'm wondering if deep down inside, if that's not what Cliff Kingsbury is feeling right now when it comes to some of this defensive lineman issues going on I mean whether it's J.J. Watt or Jordan Phillips you know Zach Allen should be back soon he hasn't been out long but you know you're talking about some key components of your defensive well, front who haven't been seen a lot if at all here at Cardinals camp here's what always you know going back to what you just said about Carroll I mean is he correct in saying why would I tell you maybe because maybe he doesn't want to put that out there that said it's not going to make the story go away and, you know, one of the things that always is interesting about injuries is it's, it's tough to put a timetable on it because you don't want to put the player in a bad position one way or the other. But when you don't put a timetable on it, people start to wonder the whole time. And it becomes a constant drumbeat of, well, is he back today? Is he back today? Is he back today? You know, we, you and I were talking off the air about a couple guys that, you know, I haven't heard anything on the record, so I, I don't want to go there. But and. and some of them are not that important of pieces, but, um, you know, a couple of guys that have been banged up and you were asking me about one earlier and I was like, well, I, I had heard, you know, off the record earlier in camp that it was at least going to be a couple of weeks. Well, when you don't say that right away, then it does seem weird because, first of all, this time goes slower when we're out here, I feel like. So, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks, you know, if you just said a couple of weeks, oh, that doesn't seem too bad, especially in the middle of training camp. But when you're you're out here every day, you're like, oh, is it, it's probably only been a couple of weeks at this point, but it feels like the guy's been missing forever. So, you know, I just think that ultimately um, – it's, it just makes for a much more difficult conversation when you start talking about injuries and guys being out. But getting back to your original point, Paul, I, I, I'd be concerned. Like the J.J. Watt thing, I had heard that, and this is not who I was talking about earlier, I had heard that was going to be at least a couple of weeks, you know. And so, okay, okay, I'm not surprised he's not back. Some of these other guys, we don't know what's going on with Jordan Phillips. We don't know what's going on with Zach Allen. 
and and it's not like Cliff Kingsbury is offering up, you know, I sooner rather than later with Jordan Phillips. And look, here on paper, I mean, I, I, I'm bullish on that room, that D-line room. If you're telling me week one at Nashville, you're lining up across the front, Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden as your bookends, and then a combination on the interior of J.J. Watt, Jordan Phillips, Zach Allen, Corey Peters. I mean, Rashard Lawrence, I think, know, has done pretty solid yeah. too. Lecky Fotu, Rashard yeah. Lawrence. You know, I mean, I mean that is a heck of a rotation at defensive line. You know, I was asked the other day about okay, you know, the proverbial what do you think about cards camp, Calvis? You know, well, you know what? We know the axiom: no QB, no chance. So if Kyler Murray is that guy, that's a big check. Okay, yep. ding. You know what's a double ding? Your offensive line, because what's one A? No offensive line. No chance in the NFL. Yeah. And I like the Cardinals' offensive line, and I like the depth on this offensive line, and they definitely upgraded with Rodney Hudson. Well, right behind that, if you wanted to go 1A, now 1B to me would be the defensive line. You still have to stop the run. Sorry, RIP Kyle Odegaard. You yeah. still have to stop the run. And so he'll, boom, be, he'll be tweeting you. And so you have that collection of guys in your front seven, and you have some big bodies that hopefully – can allow Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins to go sideline to sideline and to hunt and to eat and all those other cliches the guys use before they take the field down on the sideline. Okay, that's where I start in my assessment of the Arizona Cardinals 2021. The quarterback, the offensive line, the defensive front, and then let's ball. You, you go from there. You can fill in other things and scheme can help you out. And according to Cliff Kingsbury, getting back to the opener against the Dallas Cowboys, everybody you can play will play including Kyler Murray, he said, will play. And my understanding is, looking into it a little bit, if it's three and out, they might get a second series. Otherwise, if they get a first down or two and they actually put together a drive, even if it's half a drive, semi-drive, then boom, those ones are out. Maybe a guy like Zayvon Collins continues playing. But, you know, there are other guys that need those reps. Josh Jones, for example, yeah, third-round pick, had no preseason a year ago, had virtually no regular season snaps, certainly didn't have any regular season snaps at guard, to my recollection. When he did get in, he was like an extra tackle or sort of a glorified tight end. So these are guys I think we're all curious to see what sort of playing time do they get because, you know, it's needed. Even a guy like – I'll throw this out. I know you're going to say this is self-serving. It's the uh, alma mater, Calvisi. But how about a guy like Evan Weaver? <laughs> How about a guy like Evan Weaver? If we're talking about inside linebacker, let me throw out there number 50 because he's not going to wow you with the athleticism. But not unlike what Tanner Vallejo did in week 17 last, last year at the Rams. All of a sudden, Tanner Vallejo gets in, and I just looked it up before we launched here with Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. He got 64 snaps. He had a dozen tackles and a sack. Now, is Tanner Vallejo... Anywhere near the most athletic guy in that room? Probably not. Absolutely not. But he knows where to be. He knows how to play the position. He has the instincts. He's just a guy who knows the position and where an offense is going with the football, and he's always in the right place at the right time to make a play. And so that's why Tanner Vallejo was brought back. That's why he's running with the twos right now. And so a guy like Evan Weaver, you never had a chance to see him last year. I am really curious to see when he gets some reps in the second half of these games, whether he can produce. And there's a lot of guys, I'm just using him as an example of a lot of guys on the lower half of this roster, especially those who are part of that 2020 draft class, that I bet you a lot of coaches are still wondering, can this guy play or not? A JoJo Ward, for example. 
He's had some moments, but then he's been inconsistent. You know, what's he all about? Well, yeah. you're going to find out. Well, especially a receiver, you're going to find out because I'm not sure how much. I mean, AJ Green ain't, isn't going to be out there, and no. I don't. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. Maybe he will, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah uh, if there's one regular who won't play, I bet you it might be D Hop. Yeah. Uh, so, I I agree with you. It, it's going to be interesting to see, like, as we go through these preseason games, you know, who exactly we're talking about are on the 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 bubble of the team. I mean, if you start talking, Evan Weaver is a great example. Um, Okay, you've got the two rookies, or not two rookies, Simmons isn't a rookie, but you've got the two young guys at inside linebacker. You've got Vallejo, who I don't think is going anywhere. You've got uh, Jordan Hicks, who I do not think is going anywhere. So there's four inside linebackers okay. Now, that's a position where you keep extras because of special teams and everything. Yep. But I don't think Zeke Turner's going anywhere. Nope. Um, you got Reggie Walker and a Terrence Smith. These guys are the very end. Could they be standouts on teams and somehow – but you're right, Zeke Turner is on every single special teams unit. He's not going anywhere. So, you know, unless you're in a position where Dennis Gardeck isn't ready for the beginning of the regular season and is still on pup and you want to keep an extra linebacker and maybe Weaver's out, I just I don't know if you're going to be in a position to keep a sixth inside linebacker. And that's that's the uphill battle Evan Weaver has. And, and if we look around the roster, I was looking at the depth chart the other day, the first depth chart came out. There's really no surprises on it. And you really start wondering exactly what the battles are that you're going to have. I mean, one of them might be at that third running back position in special teams. But and I know everybody loves Eno Benjamin. And I think Eno Benjamin's had a fairly solid camp when he's running the ball. But I definitely think Jonathan Ward has had a solid camp. I noticed unprompted that Justin Pugh brought up Jonathan Ward the other day. And I know he can play special teams. So, you know. And he's got good size. Go? He is a legit six foot. 205 or what have you. I mean, you're going to have some guys. This team is going to has signed Ito Smith, for example. I think this team is going to sign some veterans because of these injuries to get through some of these preseason games. And people are going to be like, oh, that's interesting. And I don't know how many – I mean, like Ito Smith is a great example. I asked Cliff Kingsbury about Ito Smith and where he fits. And he basically said, we need some bodies for preseason yep. games. I don't know if they're – I mean, unless he does something crazy, I don't know if he's really going to even be in the mix. I mean, they're going to have to bring in some defensive linemen. Yes. Even from the time of this recording to when they kick the ball off on Friday night. I, I think that's coming sooner rather than later in terms of this recording, okay. unfortunately. Okay. But okay. it All is right. what it is. All right. Well, we'll see if there's a guy from Stanford – <laughs> who might be joining sometime might, in the near might, future. Might we'll see about that. Uh, D-line, you're going to have to bolster that. Running back, obviously, you need bodies. Yes, the infamous term camp bodies. It's a reality. But you know what? That camp body gets a chance to put some reps on film. And if it's not the team he's playing for, it could be another team perhaps. I think there's two positions, and you named one of them running back. The other one come August 31st and final cuts around the league. And by the way, there's just one and only cut down. No, incorrect. Incorrect. So there's there's actually, I don't know if you remember back in the day. Back in the day, they used to go. They used to only be eighty men, and yeah. you'd go from eighty to seventy five, and then seventy five to fifty three. Now then they went to ninety, and then you cut it cut all the way down to fifty three. This year we're at ninety. Okay. You go from ninety to eighty five. I think next week, and then you go from eighty five to eighty after the second preseason game. And then you go from 80 to 53 the Tuesday after the final. Gotcha. Which I don't, I don't know if that's okay. August 31st or not. That's 
my fine birthday. I don't know what day that falls. It's a Tuesday, the final cuts, which I enjoy yeah. because it used to be on a Saturday and you'd be sitting around all day waiting for the team to announce it. And now it's just going to be on a Tuesday during the day when we're all working anyway. So, yeah. By the way, uh, fine listeners of Cardinals Underground, don't buy that line from Darren. It's not his birthday. It's Larry Fitzgerald's birthday. And Darren's just renting to own. Okay, let's let's just get that. Somebody straight. asked me on Twitter the other day. They're like, "Are you going to be celebrating your birthday with Larry Fitzgerald?" And I said, "Define <laughs> with." <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's both. It's going to be on August thirty well, first. I mean, book your trip to Kona to play some golf. Uh, you know, Larry. What are you talking about? Larry, He's going to be on the roster. You know, right Larry's now. Larry's not funding that right now. Are you kidding He's gonna me? He's going to say, "On my birthday, I'm right. coming back, baby." That's right. Look, running back and above and beyond that tight end come august 31st in the final cuts i'll term it that way since i totally jacked up the entire schedule the final come the final cuts uh, it's going to be that tight end position because right now there's max williams and everybody else you agree with me on that one yes i I mean darrell daniels is more of a blocking tight end obviously and if you're out at the red-white, you saw a tough drop by Darrell Daniels. Uh, I would say if there's been a camp standout so far in a certain position, a guy who's really making a run at a roster spot legitimately out of nowhere to a roster spot, it might be Ross Travis, just based on need and numbers in the tight end room and the fact he has three, four years' worth of NFL experience. It's funny you bring up if there's a camp standout. Now, I don't, I don't know if I have anybody on the lower end, but – as long as we're at this position, if I had to pick one guy who I'm like, okay, that guy's having a really good camp, I think it's Max Williams. And I don't, you know, I know there are people, I've, I've had a lot of people wondering why they didn't re-sign Dan Arnold, especially at that price. Well, Dan Arnold just wasn't fitting into what they totally wanted to do. And there was a little bit, there were, there were some issues there. And so they let him move on. And they're like, but Dan Arnold was a pass catcher that Max Williams isn't. He was a, He's a different pass catcher. But I, I think I like what Max Williams brings to the passing game when he's not blocking. His problem is he doesn't stay healthy. But if he's healthy, I like what he brings to this team. I like that element, you know, down the seam and making some tough catches. And I feel like he's done a really nice job catching the ball. And then there was a there was a practice uh, the day we're recording this where Eno Benjamin had a nice long run. And the guy who sprung him, the block that was important, Max Williams. I was just going to say. Max Williams is the tight end that Dan Arnold isn't, and that is an every down tight end. It it was such a tell when Dan Arnold would come into the game, and I'm not sure if that's what led in part to his lack of production a year ago. He had a lot of he he had a lot of pre-snap penalties. There were some mental errors with him. He had some big drops. Yeah, he's got a ton of talent. We love the guy, and you know maybe that whole you know Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold connection, Darnold Arnold connection might come to fruition and. In Carolina, we'll I, see. I know as as the as the uh, radio god that you are, Paul. You're you're missing the opportunity. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we heard that you had gone back channel to try and see if they had an opening for sideline reporter of the no. Panthers this year. But. No. Well, when I was hanging with Peter Schrager, NFL Network, you know, uh, Schrager's guy was Dan Arnold. So you know, yeah. Schrager's is the one who has to come to grips that Dan Arnold That's true. underwhelmed pretty, a year ago. Peter Schrager, uh, he, he bought that hook, line, and sinker, <laughs> yes, he unfortunately. Did. So let's let's name some names. You know what? Uh, Camp Surprise, Camp Standout. I would agree. I'd have a hard time arguing against Max Williams, even yeah. though he's an established, you know, a reliable NFL yeah. tight end. He has looked excellent. Could I say, in that similar vein, Colt McCoy? Colt McCoy. He's looked, been better than I mean, thought he was going to be. How yes. can you not look at Colt McCoy and say, oh, boy, if this guy would have been on the roster week 17 a year ago, the Arizona Cardinals are a playoff team 2020. 
if Cole McCoy checks into that Rams game, do you have any doubt that he leads the Cardinals to victory? After what I've seen in this camp so far in the red and white? Do I have any doubt? I mean, that's – the Rams weren't hurt defensively, and that was the one problem in that game. And, and maybe you're right. Uh, I, I think they would have had a much better chance. I don't know if I would say any doubt. But Camp standout number three, uh, Robert Alford. Robert Alford's looked pretty good. Uh, how about Rondell Moore? We're talking about standout. Not yeah, necessarily yeah. a shocker, but a no, standout. No, not shocker. Now, if you want to get the guys off the radar who maybe have surprised a little bit, I'd throw Michael Dogby out there. A lot of guys talk about when you talk to them, they bring up Michael Dogby. They bring up his offseason. And Zach Allen mentioned what those guys did, what they committed yeah. themselves to in the offseason. Well, Dogby was part of that group with Zach Allen and company where Zach Allen – dropped weight or no he bulked up to 285 but he dropped yeah, his body, body fat, fat by six percent dogby look i like michael dogby a lot and as a person and uh when he if you looked at the guy who walked in the door three years ago now whatever it is and uh and you look at the dude now i mean he looks he, he looks like a pro wrestler now like one of those guys i mean he looks uh, his body type is just amazing he's done an amazing job building himself up trying to learn now I saw him the other day, uh, Brenton Buckner, Buck was kind of getting after him after a play. So obviously there's still things he's learning. Um, and, and the problem is, is if everybody's healthy, yep. I don't know where his role is, you know, and th that's, that's the issue, but is everybody going to be healthy? Yep. I mean, are we going to see Jordan Phillips do something? I mean, if you're telling me on so the final cut down, everyone's healthy. So JJ Watt, Jordan Phillips, Zach Allen, Corey Peters, Lecky Foti or Shard Lawrence all make the team. Guess what? Michael Dogby's on the outside looking in. Michael Dogby is the guy who will be signed immediately and make a final 53 for somebody else in this league. There's he, no he doubt did, in my mind on that year? one. He was cut and then they picked him up. He was on the practice squad last year. Practice squad. Now, I think he moved That doesn't up a happen this times. year, I don't think. That might, in my it opinion. We'll see what sort of reps and, and how productive and he is on film. And that's going to be the key we'll see. is like, what does he do in the preseason games? It was sort of like that safety years ago who was cut by the Cardinals and went to the Chicago Bears. He had oh, the double the ass free name. name, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, man. Butler Jones, something mm. like that. I know. And I can picture his face. That's when the Cardinals were. That's the other position group in room that's really deep safety. to me is safety. Yeah. And I, talking to some of the personnel people at Cardinals camp, there's going to be a safety who gets cut who probably catches on with yeah. another team. I, I could see that. How about Jace Whitaker? Can I throw Jace Whitaker out there? The I don't know. He's kind of small. Corner? You could probably throw him. <laughs> out there. Uh, we already mentioned Ross Travis. And then maybe Andre Bocelli. He had a he had a hot start. He's maybe cooled off yeah, a, little a little bit. bit. We'll see how productive he is, especially in the second half of some of these three preseason games. But once again, at least these guys have the preseason games. You know, in the Sam name of Tony Jefferson, I, I, the guy who made a couple of picks in this third and five. No, it was the fourth preseason game, I think, of Tony Jefferson's rookie year. There's no way he's making the team until the final preseason game. He had a couple of picks in that game, and boom, the rest is history. When you look at this roster, though, I mean – like the receivers, like, are we talking about having a place in the locker room because they end up on the practice squad? Are we talking about well, the with Bicelli, yes. man Bicelli, roster? I yes. mean, the thing is, is like you look at some of these things. I just, I feel like this team is. Will there be? There's always usually a couple of surprises, and preseason games can change some things, and injuries can change some things. But man, it just feels like I feel, I feel more like this roster is close to being set maybe more than I have in a while. I mean, honestly, let's hit zoom out. There are two rookies who really have a chance to make an impact this year. And it might be a heck of an impact. 
if you're talking about Zayvon Collins and Rondell Moore. I think the Arizona Cardinals desperately need what those guys offer. They need Zayvon Collins to be that capable, athletic, and mentally competent inside linebacker and call the defense and really be stout at the point of attack. And to your point, his coverage downfield and DeAndre Hopkins, maybe even, or I'll say just as important as his run-stuffing ability, will be coverage on tight ends and running backs. And, and the Cardinals got exposed last yeah. year in that. It just it was a liability. It just was, which is one of the reasons that they targeted Zayvon Collins. On the other side of the ball, Rondale Moore and what he can do to either take the top off or be that guy that an opposing defense fears and the jet sweep, getting the ball in space and making a defense think about more as a receiving option than just DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And, and so with that in mind, I mean, is it preposterous to think, and once again, everybody, less than a month and counting, here it comes. You can go ahead and bet on this sort of stuff and wager on it. Who's going to be your defensive rookie of the year? Who's going to be your offensive rookie of the year? Just like Kyler was offensive rookie of the year after the 2019 campaign. What do you think? Rondell Moore and Zayvon Collins, they're going to be given every chance to earn those honors. See, I, I would think if you're talking about those two guys, I mean, I think Zayvon Collins is going to have a better chance because he's going to get more snaps. I I, I had somebody in the mailbag bring up the receivers the other day, and they're like, okay, so you got DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green in the outside. You got Rondale Moore in the slot. And then, you know, you have Kirk doing this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, Christian Kirk's going to be your number three receiver. Rondale Moore is not going to be the third receiver. Now, could he end up there at some point later in the season? Maybe. But I think ultimately the way Cliff Kingsbury has talked about him and the way that they look at those other receivers, he's not going to get – he's not going to get 80 targets this season. It's that's not, he's going to be the guy, he's going to be the changeup or the explosive guy or whatever. I don't, he's not going to be steadily fed the ball. I don't think now I could be wrong, but I don't, so I don't think he's going to do enough to, to earn an award like that. Whereas Zayvon Collins, I think is going to be out there the vast majority of the time. And if he plays at a high level, he's got a shot at it. You know how we'll be able to decipher whether Rondell Moore is an impact player or not, in my opinion, in this Cardinals offense by the end of the season. When you look at pre-snap motion, a category where the Cardinals were dead last a year ago, to me that's incomprehensible that a Cliff Kingsbury offense actually had the least amount of pre-snap motion. Now we've talked about that up-tempo and you got to get on the ball, maybe okay. But if Rondell Moore is truly the weapon they envision, then he gives them that. He, he gives them that facet of the offense. If Andy Isabella in his third year, truly is a different player and he has evolved and grown his game, then he could be the other guy, the other pre-snap motion guy. Everyone's looking for that Tyreek Hill who's in motion and all 11 guys are looking at him and the distraction and and that whole thing. Well, Rondell Moore could be so valuable in that capacity in this Cardinals offense. So I wonder if that could be his role. If nothing else, is a decoy. Yeah. Just because everybody knows the and that, athleticism. And that's possible. And and if he if he's used as a decoy in that fashion and it helps the offense, I mean, it's not going to get him any rookie of the year votes, but it's going to help this offense. And that that's what he's there for. Get Rondell Moore the ball in space against Dallas. Do it especially on national TV against Kansas City, right? Get the word out. Then Darren fans the flames of this Twitter account and azcardinals.com, and you start just beating that drum. Rondell Moore, unbelievable camp sensation. Did you see what he did in the two preseason games? You haven't even seen what he's done in Cardinals camp. And then, 
boom, all of a sudden the Titans are wondering, okay, what's coming here? Mike Brabel and company, what exactly is this uh, Rondell Moore kid all about? So that's how you use him to your advantage. I think uh, that that works for me. I I don't necessarily <laughs> Maybe know not if as, I want to be as, a, as dramatic as that, but you know. Uh, by the way, of the state. by the way, uh, let's name all the receivers because this year could be the year of the Dominion of American in the Cardinals' offense. Let's name all the receivers under five ten. A lot of whom we saw in that red white practice, did we not? There's, this is a sore subject for some fans. I don't know if I, what what are you talking? Okay, no, I mean just the, the that right there is just dripping with disrespect. When you have Andy <laughs> Isabella, you have JoJo Ward, uh, you have a Rondale Moore, uh, Andre Bocelli, five nine tops, uh, Greg Dorch, five seven. I post up Greg Dorch. Let me tell you that right now. Uh, who uh, the guy they just signed out of BYU, Avella Hifo? Yeah. He fits into that category. There's like at least a half dozen. I don't know if they're trying to reenact the whole Smurfs, uh, you know, Washington receiver core back from the early '80s. But there were moments during the Red White where like, wow, check that out. Yeah, there was a there was a uh, one time when they ran 11 personnel out there, and the three receivers was Dorch in the in the slot, and the and the two outside guys were JoJo Ward. And uh, and Andy Isabella and Andy Isabella looks like a freaking monster compared to I mean at least Andy right. Isabella is built right I mean JoJo Ward looks like a smaller version of a shorter <laughs> version of JJ Nelson so yeah so uh, it, it was intriguing yeah you know I wonder if there's there's a package in the works if uh, you know especially in the preseason where you throw that out you have a little fun with it but uh, and then on the opposite side of that when you see six foot seven Josh Jones at guard. And I'll be honest with you, when they started touting him as a possible guard, I'm like, eh, that's just a stopgap. That's just temporary. That's, you know, okay. But the way everyone's talking about it, and I guess we should buy it, Josh Jones has a legitimate future at guard? Potential. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury said, he, you know, there's they're certainly something that they would look at in terms of being a long-term guard. I, I think ultimately they're trying to be flexible with some of it. You know, Josh Jones says he wants to be on the field, whether he's playing guard or tackle. You know, you figure DJ Humphreys, although at some point, uh, even though he just signed that extension, it was a short extension, so he's going to need another. You're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with him at left tackle. You know, at Kel- is Kelvin Beecham eventually going to be replaced by Josh Jones? Are you are you good at it? I mean, there's, there's things you're going to have to figure out. I know this, which is I'm not sure what they're going to do at right guard right now because Justin Murray's been hurt and uh, Brian Winters has been hurt, and Jones is getting all the snaps right now, and those are the three guys battling for this starting job. But as we record this right now, they're still a month away, more than a month away from the regular season, so a lot can still happen. And other than that, I really like this offensive line. I like Humphreys. I think Justin Pugh is in really good shape, and I think he played pretty well last year. I already, you know, Humphreys definitely played well last year. They got Rodney Hudson at center. I thought Kelvin Beecham was pretty solid last year. Now, we talked about some of the pre-snap penalties. I'm like, they're trying to get those out, and they're a little bit more they're, – they're having officials call for stuff really tight, and they're making a big deal about if a guy does when he has to come out of the rep and be replaced, so you're noticing it even more. They were not doing that last year, correct? They weren't doing that part of it. I mean, yeah. if they made a mistake, yeah. they just would reset. Now they're having somebody throw a flag. The guy's yep. got to leave, so you're noticing it. But there's more pre-snap penalties yep. in practice than I'd like to see right now. <laughs> 
Uh, hopefully they can yeah. get all that stuff out yeah. before the games count. And once again, to your point, it's noticeable because the guilty party is replaced. Yeah. Yes, the one. It's the whole. You know, you feel shame. You jog off the field. Oh, your see, replacement comes in. We're gonna re- we're gonna check that real quick. Sean Coogler said it's not about feeling shame. It's so that you can come out and clear your head. Oh, <laughs> stop, stop! Don't you give him a participation uh, trophy? Uh, no, you're right. Get out of here with that. I'm it, sorry. It, it sure looks like a no. feel shame to me. Thing. It does. I, and, and by design and right. Hopefully so, they want you to be accountable. And you have to be accountable to everybody on that team because there were far too many penalties last year. Everybody now, the Arizona Cardinals led the NFL in penalties, far too many pre-snap penalties. And when Cliff Kingsbury cites at his press conference near the beginning of camp that the Arizona Cardinals led the NFL in stalled drives due to flags, guess what? It's very costly. It's a big-time problem they have to resolve. So... Uh, you ha- otherwise, though, the town out there, and then you had Sean Kugler calling Josh Miles the most improved offensive lineman. I thought that lineman. was interesting. And, and, and when you talk about that too, Paul, that's another reason why, okay, maybe you're okay with Josh Jones playing a little more guard if you feel like Josh Miles can be the tackle. So right now, left to right, this is the way you draw it up. You're going to have DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson as your center. I'm going to go – with Justin Murray as your starting right guard, I'm just going to go that direction. I know it could be Josh Jones. It could maybe be Brian Winters. There's another guy. We don't know when Brian Winters is coming back. At least I haven't heard anything as to that front. Then Calvin Beecham is your right tackle. Okay. Those other two guards, there's three guys at right guard who are making the team. Max Garcia is your backup center. Josh Miles is going to make the team. That's nine. That's nine right there, is it not? So – Guess what? That's a a deep room, and uh, and and so getting back to my original point, when you talk about okay, no quarterback, no chance, no O line, no chance. So at least the Cardinals are deep along that offensive line front. Although Brian Winter's contract, for example, if he ends up being the third string right guard, he's in jeopardy. His contract is structured, from my understanding, where it's very viable for the Cardinals to I'd, make. I'd him have a to cut. go look at those all those contracts, but. Uh, the guys that are that are fighting for reserve spots, uh, there's they're, they're not locks because of their contracts. Uh, and by the way, the Rodney Hudson impact, you know, it's something I know we wanted to talk about and, and guys have cited. The best thing I've heard, and we could cite a whole number of different things, is the fact that Rodney Hudson, in addition to everything else and everything we've heard about him and being a two-time Pro Bowl performer and a guy who wasn't flagged for a penalty all of last season, let that wash over you, wasn't flagged for a penalty in 2020, and has no false start penalties since 2016, by the way. Okay, that's music to Sean Kugler's ears right there. Uh, the fact that he's a grinder and he watches a ton of film and that he's ultra prepared, you can't tell me that doesn't help a young quarterback. Sure. Just the preparation skills and – in just knowing anything and everything about an opposing defense. And let's say if there might be a gap in your young quarterback's knowledge going into a certain game week, well, Rodney Hudson, from all appearances, is going to be the guy to fill that in and be the source of that knowledge. In-game adjustments, which are so critical. You know it, Darren. Being down on the sideline, they'll play the opening series or two, and then, boom, they're making adjustments on what a defensive coordinator is trying that week. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't think there's any question the Cardinals looked very seriously at Corey Lindsley, the free agent guard from or center from the Packers who ended up signing with the Chargers and trying to get him. But the fact that when that didn't work out, uh, that Hudson became available and then you get him in here. And I'm not 
I, I don't know much about Lindsley other than he played really well last year, but he was playing with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'm not so sure for this team, like you were saying, because of Kyler, that maybe Rodney Hudson doesn't end up being a better fit for what they need right now. Now, maybe maybe in three years you wish you have the right. younger guy, but right now I'm wondering if Rodney Hudson is makes more sense. Lindsley went to the Chargers, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. How about, well, to answer your question, how about Justin Pugh's quote, and I have it right here from your story on azcardinals.com, Justin Pugh on Rodney Hudson, and I quote, he's going to get mad at me for saying this, but I consider him a Chris Paul-type addition where you bring in that guy with veteran leadership who knows how to do things right off the field and it trickles on to the field. Man, that got everyone's attention in that media room when Justin Pugh dropped a Chris Paul comparison, well, Rodney Hudson funny. and what he what he means to the Cardinals' O-line and offense. It was funny that he said he's not going to be happy that I say it. But, <laughs> right. I mean, look. Because Rodney Hudson isn't quite 36-37. In, no. in this in – this, in the Valley, I mean, Chris Paul is a big deal. Now, not everybody listening to this podcast it doesn't necessarily listen to the NBA or Suns fans, but there's a lot of crossover fans, and the bottom line is, is Chris Paul made a huge impact and changed the dynamic of a team that was not winning and they became winning. Now, can Rodney Hudson do that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily means – you know, a center is going to change the scoreboard that often. There's so many more moving parts. But uh, I do – I can see some of the parallels, I'll be honest, in terms of what you can bring to the locker room. And here's one adjustment that defense has made a year ago. And everyone's trying to understand what happened to the Cardinals and especially the Cardinals offense from the 6-3 and three start to losing five of the last seven. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kyler over the first nine games had 27 offensive touchdowns. That's either throwing or running. And then over the last seven games, he accounted for only 10 offensive touchdowns. So what happened? The before and the after. Well, one big adjustment by opposing defensive coordinators was to go with a five-man defensive line. At times, they would go mush rush. They would hang and just uh, – they wouldn't really pursue Kyler. They'd hang back, throw their arms up, try and bat passes and clog up the passing lanes. But at the same time, when it came to the run game, guess what? Every single Cardinals offensive lineman had a one-on-one block that he had to win. There were no more of the combo blocks. And guess what? That exposed Mason Cole. Rodney Hudson is, from all appearances, going to be much more adept at winning those one-on-one battles. And when the Cardinals are trying to run it up the middle and go through the A-gap, guess what? I think they're going to have a lot more room to run this year when Rodney Hudson is that guy. Uh, Again, for everything we talk about with what Rodney Hudson brings off the field and the Chris Paul and all that stuff, none of it matters unless you're a good player in the first place. And that's why Chris Paul works so well is, yeah, he he brought the leadership and he made DeAndre Ayton – pay attention better to his game and he raised Booker and everything. But Chris Paul also could score 18 points a game and get you 12 assists. And if Rodney Hudson can't block, then it doesn't matter if he's super smart and prepares and and we know he can block. And that's the thing. What about Buddha as a leader uh, on the other side of the ball? Uh, I, I know there's been some chatter about him being more of a vocal well, he said leader. That. He said he wanted to. He's going to be more vocal. He said he's making an effort to be more vocal. What does he mean by that? Holding guys accountable? Does that yeah. mean more of the rah-rah speeches, no, you know, he, the pregame speech? He said guy? holding what does accountable. That mean? I mean, he basically said there were times in the past if he saw somebody making average efforts, sometimes he'd say something, but sometimes he wouldn't. 
he doesn't not anymore. Now he's he'll, if he sees something average, he's calling him out. And I just think it's good. You could just see Buddha being a lot more comfortable in his own skin. It's it's a natural progression. He's been in the league, whatever it's been, five years now. You're going to get more and more feeling better. I, I really liked his answer. Somebody said, "Was it you know, is this a natural transition now that Patrick's gone? And I like how he said, look, Patrick was a good leader, and we're going to miss him around here. But I feel like I was going to make this move regardless of what Patrick did. And I, I think that's important to know. Do you I, buy that? I'm not sure I buy that. I'm not sure it's that easy I, I, for him to be the unquestioned leader of the secondary if Pat P is still back there. I do think I, – I, honestly, what I think is, is I think when he got the C last year and – Midway through the season. After Chandler Jones went down, yep. I think he understood how people thought about him, and I think that gave him that confidence to do it. So, yes, I do believe he would have at, at this point. And you know what? You know what? That's a great point. Uh, yes, I think it was sort of a, a validation. Yes. Almost a self-fulfilling prophecy when they, when they put the C on. And before the last couple of games down in the tunnel, as I vividly remember this in L.A., now – Cardinals didn't come out. I don't know why they didn't respond, but the guy giving the pregame speech was Buda Baker. He had full command and control of that team as the leader pregame. He goes, remember, that's a role back in the day was filled by a Tyron Matthew yeah. or a Calais Campbell. And in this case, Buda Baker was the guy who stepped up. And so maybe that's sort of a harbinger of what's to come this season. But I think you make a good point. It's interesting without Patrick Peterson in the locker room and without Larry Fitzgerald in the locker room. It's it's definitely a, a different generation or whatever. And we can talk about bringing in J.J. Watt and Rodney Hudson and everything. I don't know how that's going to go. I think J.J. Watt is going to be a good leader. But, again, you've got to get on the field. He hasn't been on the field yet. You know, training camp's a different thing. But And we're all assuming J.J. Watt's eventually going to be back out there with after the hamstring. But, you know. I think Buddha Buddha shows it on the field. He plays the game, and then so when he talks to you, you're going to listen. Yeah. And you know what? There's been a lot of talk about Kyler stepping up in the leadership department. He cited that himself in the offseason. Guys have said they noticed a difference so far. And just like Pat P not being on the defensive side of the ball, to your point, Larry Fitzgerald not on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, it, it paves the way yeah. for a guy like Kyler. So what are you looking for? Here's the question I want to ask Cliff Kingsbury in the press conference, and I don't do it because I know I won't get an answer. Coach, what do you need to see in these preseason games, starting with preseason game number one against Dallas? What do you want to see? There are questions. You know how this works. Coaches aren't going to answer it. The players answer these questions. The players need to answer these questions, make the decision for the coaches. In the ideal world for Cliff Kingsbury, he comes out after four quarters against the Cowboys, and what does he know? What does he find out about I mean, his that's team? That's a great question. I mean – you know, he's he's going to want to make sure nobody important gets hurt. Okay. That's number one. Okay, that's which, the default setting. No injuries. That is the most important part of the preseason. It is the most important You're part. Right. We can't okay. – and in this first game, I, I, I don't know if he's looking for a whole lot. I mean, I, I, I don't think he wants the offense to look like garbage uh, or the defense for that matter. It'll be interesting to see if Dak Prescott ends up playing for the Cowboys. I would guess not. Yeah, earlier this week he was barely even throwing the football. So I, I'm guessing probably not. So defensively – you better play pretty well because, you know, Amari Cooper just came back. I don't think he's no. going to play. I mean, you, you know you're the not star, see anybody. The star of Cowboys camp for everything I've seen, CeeDee Lamb. 
CeeDee Lamb has been unreal. In fact, he went off in the joint practice against the Rams, and he torched the Rams' defense. So CeeDee Lamb looks to be a guy who's going to take that step from his rookie year to his second year. And the Cardinals will see him in the regular season. By the way, there was a fight in Oxnard, by the way. It was somebody actually fought Aaron Donald. It was a quick fight, and it was very physical. It was Connor Williams, an offensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys, got into it with Aaron Donald. So, <laughs> Paulie props to Connor Williams for engaging yeah, exactly. Aaron Donald in the fisticuffs. But I mean, other than that, I mean, what – I mean, you might look – Zayvon Collins, you, you he, obviously want to see him be instinctive. You, and, you do. I mean, there's, like, little, like, nuanced things. I, I don't think there's going to be anything you're going to be able to look at the stat sheet and go, okay, or – I feel like in a lot of ways this first game is, like, you just don't want it to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> Okay. You know, yeah. they haven't been on the field. It's not like they've had a ton of padded practices. There's going to be some mistakes, and there's going to be, like, first game stuff. So you just don't want it to look terrible. That's kind of how I would look at it. I don't think you're going to be able to, like, sit there and say this team is doomed or this team is going all the way based on whatever they do this weekend. I'd like to see Marco Wilson. Because in today's NFL, not only do you need three corners, you probably need four. And so I'd love to see Marco Wilson actually, um, you know, show up and show out. Robert and, Alford, I wouldn't mind seeing in yep, real game action. In real game action, uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, so far so good with Robert Alford, but now the next step. And then some of the young defensive linemen, Lecky Fotu, man, there was a rep. And I forget which uh, young unknown offensive lineman he was going against, but it was one-on-one, O-line against D-line, and Lecky Fotu decided to go with the bull rush. Now they list him at 335. I'd say that's conservative, but that's just me in the eyeball test standing next to Lecky Fotu. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying it's like Deuce Latouille difference from what's listed and what is. But no, I'm just first saying- of all, first of all, let me cut you off here. I, I don't want. I want to get to the end of your story, Paul, because it's yeah. very important. Sure. But um, with all due respect to Deuce Latouille, um, while they're both large men, uh, Lecky Fotu is built like he's not. Yeah. Deuce had some extra poundage on him, right? Which yeah, that's it's fine. That was part of not his. Not as much jiggling with Lucky Foto is like you can see why he would play whatever he played rugby. Was he a rugby guy? I mean, he he, he I is. I mean, he is absolutely uh, stout. There is no I, I doubt about. I still want to see him get a goal yeah. line carry. That we got a thumbs up cool. from our referee once again. The official in the no room, Jim Omohundro, was rugby. And, and once again, if I'm playing rugby and Lecky Fotu is running the ball down the field, I'm finding another sport. I'm just telling you that much right now. Anyway, he went with a bull rush, and the kid had no chance. The offensive lineman, the young unknown. So I'm curious to see Lucky Fotu in year two and, and what he looks like. And, uh, and then Josh Jones is going to get a lot of reps, yeah. so you'll see about him. Because right now it is unknown, Justin Murray and Brian Winters in the injury situation. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, obviously Cliff Kingsbury has his list. He's checking it twice. He <laughs> wants to get some of these answers by the end of the preseason game, and he still has two more games after that. But the fact – the other question, and I didn't quite have the guts to pose this, maybe tomorrow. i got to work up my gumption to pose this question. To Coach. Cliff? Coach, okay. here we go. Let's do a little dramatic reenactment here. Let's play this out, okay? Okay. Um, so, Coach, in 2019, you had a certain approach to the preseason and didn't show a whole lot. 2020, you didn't have a preseason. Um, what about this year? Oh, you see, seem to regret one. the 2019 that's preseason. Really good. What about this year? What is your approach and philosophy as to how much you may or may not show oh. this preseason? That's the question I wanted to ask. <laughs> 
I chickened out. I chickened out. So, See, I want I want that answer. Yeah, I, I may go too. to that press conference just to okay. hear that question. All right. Is he talking tomorrow? Because I will. I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll he, take yeah, one for the tomorrow. team. I know you want the answer. Bobby Mack wants the answer. Everybody wants it. I'll go. I'll step up. I'll take one for the team and I'll pose that question. I'm at all the press. You think we'll get an answer, by the way? You think we'll get an answer? You know what? That's a great question. I I think once you make the point, which he knows very well, that he did come out later and say he He regretted doing it. He did. I don't don't know why he wouldn't. Now, I don't know how much he's going to tell you, how much he's really going to show. But it doesn't. See, the thing is, is does it really matter? Because it's not like teams are going to watch more tape. Okay, so here's 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 the old cliche. The proverbial answer to that is uh, it does matter because now you make your week one opponent prepare for everything. What if the Cardinals came out on offense and Kyler's under center and then Kyler's in the pistol and then so, Kyler's in so, the gun and you're running 13 personnel and you're running five receivers and empty sets? What if you're run- What if Vance Joseph is sending the house and the exotic okay. blitz schemes and everything and everything and then boom, all of a sudden Mike Vrabel's like, oh my goodness. That's fair. That's fair. But I have to wait pra- waste practice time on everything. The, the problem with that becomes you have now – gone you've done a total 180 from what you did the first preseason thing and you you end up with the same results like part of the issue part of the reason he said he regretted doing what he did in 2019 was because they just weren't ready to do what they were going to do if you go out and have them do some junk drawer box of plays just to show it right you're still you're still leaving yourself in the same position where you haven't really practiced what you need to do you're just showing a bunch of crap and and you instead of being super vanilla, now you're being super uh, Rocky Road, uh, well, super Exotic. Fruity Pebbles, Exotic Ice Cream. Where no, go with your junk drawer. I like the junk, junk drawer. Junk drawer. You so got a, you it's got a, like you got a Phillips screwdriver. You got some rubber bands. You got a paper clip exactly. in there. What else? So do you have aren't, a aren't, aren't you just hurting yourself on the other end of the spectrum? Got some chopsticks from from the to go the R- night before the red rubber nose rubber rubber <laughs> clown nose sure you got an old flashlight with no batteries I mean Family Feud top five things you'll find in a junk drawer Craig Rielo go three three batteries and none of them work exactly okay just as long as you don't say that about this edition of Cardinals Underground hopefully that's not a metaphor for uh, what we just uh, put on We're tape just talking here. about a junk drawer. We're squares. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Square, I can live with. Uh, if you're calling me a weirdo, we're going into the parking lot. And that'll do it for this well, edition. Well, that's what weirdos do, right? <laughs> this edition of Cardinals Underground <laughs> brought to you by Pacific <laughs> Office Automation.